We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my dear friend. Thank you so much for letting me be an energetic part of your day. And I'm so grateful that you are a part of mine. I'm truly honored by our connection and relationship. So, you know, years ago, I was in a classroom where we were asked a question repeatedly. What do you want? What do you really want? What do you really, really want? And what do you want the most? And I encourage you to do this exercise for and within yourself. What do you want? What do you really, really want? And what do you want the most? Sit with it and allow your inner wisdom to bubble up and inform you. So as I sat with these questions, I answered the questions with many answers. But when I got to the very core of what I wanted, what I wanted the very most was truth with a capital T. And I wasn't even sure what that meant at the time. But I'm so happy that that bubbled up and that I set the intention for truth with a capital T and that it became my guiding light. And as often happens, our intentions support and propel us in moving the direction that we intend. Today, I do have a sense of what truth with a capital T is, and I feel I'm living a life of truth and great love. And I believe because I set this long ago intention, today I'm a more happy, peaceful, and loving human being. And I hope to support anyone who wants it to get to this place for and within themselves. So if this sounds interesting or resonates for you, I intend to have a wonderful, high-minded, conscious conversation with my exquisite guest today. And we hope to share tools and tidbits to support and empower you in countless ways. We're very fortunate to have with us John Adago. John has been a successful businessman, builder, entrepreneur, as well as a student and teacher of philosophy and meditation for over 45 years. John is also the author of East Meets West and a wonderful new book entitled Ancient Wisdom Can Enrich Your Life Today. John's been interviewed on over 50 radio stations and lectured around the country, and we're very blessed to have him here with us today on Empower Radio and Journey to Center. So, John, thank you for saying yes to another show with us here today. Well, it's my privilege. Thank you, Tammy. So I just want to start this conversation talking about what truth is with a capital T. You speak of it often in your book and your own way, and I'd love to hear in your own words, in your own wisdom, what truth with a capital T actually is. Yes. Um, in contemporary conversations, um, often people put forward the idea that maybe there is no truth. Maybe there's just different people's opinions. Mm-hmm. And perhaps my opinion is as good as anyone else's opinion. Uh, that leaves one really without a compass. Mm. Um, the truth is that which does not change, that which is permanent, that which is not born, does not die, is not the effect of any cause. And what I seek is the truth about myself. What is it that within me 
that I sense is and always has been myself. And when I look in a mirror when I'm 10 or when I'm 30 or when I'm 50, I see very different images. But sometimes when I catch the glimmer within my own eye, I get a sense of something that I say I am, and that same I am, it was the same when I was 10 or 30 or 50. And that's the self that I seek to know. What is this essential nature, this true being, that which perhaps does not change and pass on with the physical body? The master teachers, for as long as there have been men and women, there have been master teachers that arose in every time and generation and era and culture, and they addressed this fundamental question. What are the laws that govern my life? What are the laws that govern life and the creation? And it's clear that those laws do not change. The law of gravity does not change. We are all born. At one point, the bodies all pass on. There's no doubt about that. It's not a matter of your opinion or my opinion. This simply is the truth about myself and the creation. Mm. Well, and something I sense is that um, the animating force of creation, it, um, it, is, it transcends this reality of duality. And it, it, um, the qualities that I perceive or that I believe, I think, again, animate this reality is the energy of, of love, the energy of compassion. Um, and I, I sense also um, a certain, I don't know, it's almost like bliss. It's beyond happiness. So I'd love your opinion or thoughts about that, John. What do you think the animating force of the universe really is? Well, like you use the word love, and I, I think that's right there, though that word means so many things to so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, what keeps us alienated or separate is this sense that I'm the most important thing in the creation. And we all have a survival instinct. But somehow that's grown into a perspective whereby at times I act and behave as if everything revolved around myself. Einstein called this an optical delusion, he said. (laughs) I haven't heard that. That's funny. (laughs) And he he said, through this optical delusion, we really only care about ourselves and a few people that are close to us. But he suggested it was possible to look out and see every individual that crosses our path as no different than myself. Mm-hmm. That the life that makes their heartbeat and animates their movements and actions and thoughts and feelings is the same force within me and the force within everyone. And the master teachers, the philosophers, religious leaders, when you speak of Buddha or Jesus or Socrates, Krishna, Confucius, 
and so many others, they addressed the same truth. By way of analogy, if we were to take men of that level and, and put them together in a room, I don't believe we would find them engaged in an argument. I've said that same thing. I think that's hysterical. They wouldn't be fighting about it. <laughs> they, would, they wouldn't be fighting about it. I mean, their followers um, might have disagreements. But what these master teachers taught was the fundamental laws and principles that govern our lives in the creation. Now, we can know and live that way. Um, but the way we find, you use the word unity, and really the way we find unity is we're not in the picture. Um, what keeps us alienated is this um, exaggerated sense of self-importance. Mm -hmm. And what allows us to be connected is when that we look out and reach out and genuinely love and care for the things and people around us, that's where we find the unity. Yes. Here's another really beautiful quote from your book. Love is the impulse that sustains the creation and plays an essential role in the unfolding of our lives. It is a rule we all seek to play, and how we play the role determines our well-being and happiness. I think that is so, um, so beautiful and, again, speaks of truth with a capital T from my perspective. Yes. Um, nothing comes to mind to add to that because that does... <laughs> Good, because it, I that, have something more I want to say. <laughs> it, Perfect. It, it, it does. And this, again, is a quote from your book. Yeah. Oh, I just love this so much. True lovers have a sense of peace about themselves and their hearts are at rest. They are true seekers of higher knowledge, stillness, a sense of peace and ease, a continuity of speech, emotion, and action. This will reveal a true lover and a lover of truth. Yes, because one of the tests of truth and love is constancy. Mm -hmm. it, uh, if it's constantly changing, then it is not true. That which emanates from our higher nature is in accordance with the highest nature. It's the divine that passes through us. Yes. I mean, really, the only legitimate prayer is, Thy will be done. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Yes, to be congruent in mind and heart you say, um, supports us in living a life of harmony and peace. And I've found as I've done my own work on my own journey to become more expanded my own awareness, this has certainly been the case for me. Um, I do feel so much more settled and congruent and whole and peaceful and fulfilled. And um, I do think your book can support anybody who wants that for themselves in um, opening to that. And I think it's, um, you articulate it in such a, a wonderful and wise way. So if, if somebody's listening and they want truth with a capital T, I really recommend this book. And I would also re recommend getting a highlighter <laughs> and highlighting the things that really resonate as true for you. 
Well, your words are very kind. Uh, East meets West was inspired by, I had the good fortune to know and or study many of the teachers who I quote in the book, new stories I tell in the book. In ancient wisdom, these were the stories and the ideas and the allegories that lifted my life up. Mm-hmm. So I was inspired to write them down. That because I thought this this illusion that somehow words spoken a hundred years ago or a thousand years ago really aren't relevant today uh, is is really quite an illusion. Men and women have always sought the same things. And I love the word that you used just now, inspired. And to me, what that brings forward is in spirit. Yes. And we talked a little bit about this in our um, last conversation. Um, and here's a quote that I didn't get to read about it. <laughs> in those moments of being still, free from the concept of desires and current activities, we are in touch with the creative energy to uplift and inspire the creative aspects of life. Daily visits to this inner part of our being uplift all activities and relationships. So I just think that's so beautiful. So I think if we want to live a life of truth and we want to get to this higher ground of wisdom, just coming to stillness and resting in the center of ourselves, that allows us to... um, Be nurtured, nourished, and inspired from the inside out. One of the teachers that inspired me was a philosopher named Dispensky. Uh, He wrote a book called In Search of the Miraculous. And what he meant by the miraculous was this penetration beneath the superficial aspect in which we live most of our lives to a deeper understanding of ourselves. Uh, He was aware of what we would call the human condition, uh, where we spend many of our hours pursuing desires, Mm -hmm. and not desires that we really intentionally formulate, um, but they're really desires that take us away. I mean, they're they're habits that lead us first here and then there. Uh, You began by speaking about AIM, and, and it's very important that from time to time one stops, gets still, and begins to think, what is it that will really fulfill me? Mm-hmm. What is it that I think will lead to happiness and well-being? Um, if there isn't an aim in the life, um, you're not likely to find what it is that you need and want. Right? In, in the chapter on AIM from Ancient Wisdom Can Enrich Your Life Today, I speak about the, the Zen archer who, before he draws back the bow and the arrow, picks up the bow and draws back the arrow, before he even does that, he first sets his mind on the target. And then once the mind and the heart are fixed on the target, then he draws back the bow and loses the arrow. Well, if the arrow is short, falls short, he draws back further. If the arrow was wide left, he shifts to the right and shoots again. 
with time and perseverance, success is assured. But if you don't really have a clear idea about what it is that you think will result in well-being and happiness, um, then there's little chance of actually hitting the target. It's sometimes said that a, a man without a name is like someone lost in the forest. He tends to walk in circles. Mm-hmm. Yes. His life unfolds in repeating patterns. And he may notice the familiarity and notice that it's not taking him anywhere that he particularly wants to go. But habit and the way he's been formed kind of sentence him to these repeating patterns in his life. What the master teachers taught was the way to live consciously. Mm-hmm. And that from time to time... I realized that really the aim and purpose of my life is to deepen this understanding mm-hmm. and to be in touch with this profound sense of who and what I really am. I love that. And I think um, it's very similar to my conscious intention at this point to go as high as I can in my awareness, consciousness as a spiritual being and live this life of unconditional love and peace. And I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to get this quote quite right. I'm recalling this from memory in your book. Um, the large cannot be fulfilled or satisfied by the small. And I sense that most of us as human beings, maybe all of us, have a deeper longing that maybe we can't put our finger on. And that indulging our physical senses is not going to satisfy or fulfilled, fulfill. Um, that we have to go for the deeper truths or the higher awarenesses. Is that your sense as well, John? Yes. I mean, yes. And you just have the quote right. The large can't find satisfaction in the small. Mm-hmm. And, and the trouble is, is we belittle ourselves. Um, we think that, you know, our limits are just, you know, this body that's five or six foot tall and occupies three cubic square feet. <laughs> um, but the mind can reach out to the ends of the universe. The heart can encompass all humanity. In truth, we are very large. And so from time to time, we need to look to the master teachers, look to the people who seem to have this profound connection with something much, much larger, a much larger perspective. And then we learn that, in fact, our self is something extremely large. Everything is within us, the Master teachers say. Mm-hmm. If we begin to discover this treasure within ourselves, um, then we won't be spending our lives chasing this or that. Uh, we begin to seek what it is we truly are and what will truly fulfill us. Mm. I love this so much. And I sense that um, our listeners are loving it as well. So uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of the show, but why don't we just do this now as well? How can people get a copy of your book? How can they connect with you, John? Well, the the books are available on Amazon, Amazon.com. 
if you go to the author section, John Adago, A-D-A-G-O, or you put in the books, East Meets West, or and the second book, Ancient Wisdom Can Enrich Your Life Today. So that's the easiest way to order the books. Uh, they are available in some bookstores. On, and um, Or you can contact me through, uh, uh, <clears throat> through the publishing, which is programpublishing.com, and I can make the book available to you. Yeah. Uh, so the books are available, and um, I'm, I'm very happy that people are hearing about it and beginning to get excited about it. <laughs> and I was and I am, and I will keep <laughs> it forever. So many good and, quotes. And I've been I've been speaking to groups around the country for for years now, and I'm I'm available to that if if people, for that if people are interested, and they can again contact me through the publisher. Yes, very good. So one of my very favorite quotes of all times is um, from Pierre Teilhard de Chardin: "We are spiritual beings having a human experience." And again, I think if we just perceive ourselves as human and separate eventually we're going to suffer. I mean, some people seem to be okay with that, but I think eventually, because we're all going home, at some point it's not going to be enough to live from that um, place of separation and ego that eventually we're going to have to get to this place of understanding that we are much more than we can perceive in these three, would you say, cubic square feet? Yes. <laughs> we are much more than this. And I think another point that has been so vital for me to um, understand is that all of God's children are special and none of God's children are special, that God's the animating force of ourselves to know that and to explore that, but to also um, give other people that same respect, even if they aren't there in their own awareness. The truest truth is all of us are um, exquisite and divine aspects of our creator. And I think that has been a relief when I started perceiving other people as more like me than not like me, even if they weren't always behaving in a, a kind way. That has been such a relief. It's provided um, a true sense of, of peace that um, I'm so grateful for, so grateful. Well, we, we find our peace and joy in loving other people. Mm-hmm. And, and that means really that we, again, step out of the picture, that the aim and purpose of our actions and thoughts and feelings is for the benefit of those around us. We take care of the people around us. We take care of the conditions and circumstances around us. And it's through just watching things around us flourish from this love and attention that we find our joy and fulfillment. Mm. Yeah, I think for much of my earlier life, I thought I, I wanted to get love in order to feel happier or feel better about myself. But I found that giving love is uh, really where my greatest joy is. And then I don't really have an attachment to how it comes back to me. But I think it pretty much is guaranteed if you live a life of generosity of spirit and living love, you're going to attract love because we, what we give, we receive. Water finds its own level. Yes. Yes. So to and give love and... without an attachment of how it comes back, that has been very liberating and has really, I think, opened the door to great magic and miracles in my life. Well, yeah. The of it. I mean, we don't love for what comes back. But the beauty of it is that it does come back. 
It and, does, but maybe in ways that surprise you. Maybe ways you can't you control. It, but it, it, but it, it, you, you definitely, it definitely evokes the same in response, and it, it evokes yeah. it from the creation, and it evokes it from your beloved. Um, you love your spouse or your mate, and 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 the quality of care and attention that you bestow on her naturally comes back. And the same with your children. People who spend their lives taking care of the people around them and their responsibilities. Then later in life, when they're in need, they find themselves surrounded by people that can't do enough for them. Mm. Uh, And that's one of the beauties and joys of, of, of of the law of the creation. You reap what you sow. I really do believe when we're settled into this place of wholeness and connection to that something greater, we're not in deficit and we're giving from abundance and overflow. And when we do that, what we attract is prosperity and fulfillment. And um, I sense it as a cosmic celebration and love affair and um, sure does make life worth living. It sure does look different from this perspective. Yes, it's beautifully expressed, Tammy. And I love the way you express, John, and I'm so grateful you said yes to the show before this and to a subsequent show. We're going to be doing a third installment of John Adago, and I'm very, very honored and excited that he said yes. And to my guests and friends and listeners and spiritual pathmates, thank you for being part of the energy that is Empower Radio. I'm so grateful for your presence in my life. If you have thoughts, questions, ideas, anything you want to share, please be in touch with me, TammyBPhD.com. This is about relationships, relatedness, and connection. So please be in touch with me, and let's continue the conscious conversation as we go higher in our awareness that we are indeed exquisite spiritual beings having this sometimes strange human experience. God bless you. Please know you're in our hearts and our prayers. Take good, gentle care of yourself. Onward and upward. Bye for now.